thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. You're listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, your boy Dapper Data. And today I have a special guest out here, y'all, man. I got my buddy, my friend, my brother, uh, Charles Watson, man. Y'all say hi to Charles. Hey, guys. <laughs> As always, man, before, I've, I've always mentioned that data is used everywhere for people to make uh, better decisions and investments in their work. And, uh, you know, I've been going out trying to really interview a lot of people, uh, a lot of different people in their fields and talk about what they really do and how they utilize data. And so I brought Charles in. We talk about security all the time. And so he'll be able to give you a little bit more insight as to how he uses data in his environment. Uh, so Charles, man, tell him, man, who you are, what you do, man, and, and, uh, and, and how you got into the field you got into. So um, thank you, Bobby. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, guys, my name is Charles Watson. I go by Chuck. Probably can see the little name on the bottom. Um, currently, what I do is I'm an information security manager. Uh, I manage um, security assessment, penetration testing, um, heavily involved in configuration management, change management, change control. Um, essentially, I just manage all the assessments that go through cloud, um, cloud-based technologies, um, on-premise technologies, these are things mm -hmm. that the agencies themselves that um, we're responsible for, that we actually manage ourselves. We also have a lot of vendors that do a lot of third-party work for us that we manage as well. Um, I'm not gonna really talk about the actual agency I work for. It's not like uh, NSA <laughs> or anything like that. I just don't want anything that I say to be construed right. out speaking on behalf of that agency. So it's not top secret. You can link in me and find out where I work from, but um, for the sake of this discussion, I'm just talking for myself. And not a representative for my agency. So, yeah. So, as far as how I got into cybersecurity, I think that's a question that I get asked all the time. Cybersecurity is really, really, really hot right now. Everybody wants to know how'd you get into it? How can I get into it? How do I transverse into it? So, um, originally, my background was in electrical engineering. Went to school for it, got my um, bachelor's in it from Morgan State, MSU. So, um, <laughs> So, but when I was at Morgan State, and the reason I'm going to give this background, the story might be a little long, a long one. I apologize. No, nah, no, nah, it's good, man. Do your thing. I want to emphasize that everybody's, everybody's path to wherever they want to be is going to be different. You know, mm -hmm. there's no crystal stairwell or anything like that. So um, both of my parents are very in technology. My uncle was um, an INSS major. My aunt was a uh, computer science major. So I grew up in a house where, you know, Technology is what it is. They 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 breathe it. They work it. You know they made their life off of it. So I knew that based off the lifestyle that I was living, you know I want to do the same thing. And right. so I've always been very analytical growing up, always taking things apart. So it was just naturally what, go to school for engineering. And so um, went to Morgan State. Great. At the time, it was like what really really drew me is I really I don't know if you remember this show or this movie Will Smith. Um, when uh my goodness gracious he's being chased by all these guys because he saw the role he had a tape um right ai you talking about artificial intelligence right? yeah no it was will smith and uh -huh. um it didn't come to me while we talking about anyway 
not our robot. No, it was these guys that was in the van. And so the guys that are in the van is like monitor everything he's doing. Enemy of the state. There we go. So it was enemy uh, of the oh, state. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I always wanted to be the guy that was in the van. Mm-hmm. You know, like hacking into stuff and just like right, opening right. up bank accounts and stuff like that. It's just doing all that traversal stuff. So anyway, so I was like, all right, let me go. But then when I got to school, I realized I hated programming. Mm-hmm. I hate programming. <laughs> Engineering, you're a computer science major. So it's one of those things where when you're doing it, once you start doing it, you're already like at the point of no return. You know, right. you either you switch your major and then you're going to end up having to spend two, three extra years in school. And I'm like, right, you right. know, I'm not trying to do that. I've already committed. Parents say I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to do it. So mm-hmm. finish doing everything I'm going to do. So the whole time that I'm in undergrad, I'm also doing internships. Like I interned at HP. Uh, where I was doing usability testing. So all related to technology work. still? Yeah, all related. All my work has oh, always yeah, been related yeah. to technology. Yeah. Okay. Hardcore, always. So, um, but after my first internship, um, I started working for one of my aunts had a uh, elementary school. She's a, um, she was a director of a charter school. So I ended up starting doing IT for her. Mm-hmm. Like after, you know, classes in, I'm driving from Baltimore back to um, DC, helping, you know, um, configure her computers, configuring the servers, mm-hmm. you know, um, making firewall rule changes and stuff like that. So people can okay. go to Titanic and, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like definitely. that. So I was doing <laughs> right, all right, those right. things. Yeah, even before I graduated. And so once I graduated, um, one of my single projects, and this is probably something that's going to like come close to home for you, is that I did my single project on um, IA. Oh, and so man. we were networking. So it was all about study logic and stuff like that. So the premise of the project, and it's speaking to why I'm saying all this, Bobby. Mm-hmm. And so the, pro- the premise of the project was I had developed a sensor that you put on a football. So when a kicker kicked it, he knew exactly what force he kicked the ball at, what angle, the wind, the oh, wind directly, the speed, and everything like that. And it was all, um, all the information was being fed into the algorithm. So that way, when right. he missed it, he knew exactly what he did wrong. Like, oh, you tilted it, you kicked it too far this far, yeah. you didn't kick it. You kick it too much into the wind or vice versa. So you start getting all this data and input yeah. and stuff like that. And each time he kicks, the um the algorithm got smarter. You yeah. know, so it's able to, you know, be able to help predict. So it's predicting like that kick is out of your range. So it's mm-hmm. not even so much, oh, the distance now, it's like, oh, the wind is going too hard towards you. Right, right, right. And so um I went for my first real, real interview at the US uh, US patent and trademark office. Mm-hmm. And so I'm talking, you know, I don't really have no experience other than the internships and the work that I've done. Nothing completely relevant to patents. Mm-hmm. And so I'm telling him about my senior project. I'm trying to sell the shit out of me. Out of my right. Right, right. He, hears, he hears network. He completely forgets about the neural part of it. <laughs> so he end up putting me in this technology where I'm examining um, all like um, security devices, network right. devices, multiplexing and things like that. And so that's where I started getting into security. Or so you, wait, wait, wait. So you telling me that you, you basically was already involved with some AI stuff before even getting into it. And it just so happened that you didn't even steer yourself away from the AI part first. Right. You kind of went into security went because into somebody it. else skipped yeah. past the narrow network part. Exactly, know? exactly. <laughs> so but I'm, I'm pressed with a job. You know, everybody wants to be like, oh, I got a job right after school and stuff like that. Or be, even before I graduated, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I got a job. Woo-dee-woo. And so I started doing those. So I started, you know, examining patents for um, routers, switches, you know, mm-hmm. any, any of the new technology that was coming out with Cisco winning uh, one of the patents, 
I was able to review it and stuff like that. But I hated right, right. the work, though. I hated it because it was just like I'm, I'm reading other people's work. You know, I'm, I'm right. seeing what every, all the great things that everybody else is doing. I'm like, no, nah, that's not for me. So right. maybe like nine months. Like I've realized before, I was like, yeah, this job is just not for me. So I started applying like crazy. I was even tempted to go into the Navy and stuff like that. I was like, I really mm-hmm. just want to get hands on. And so fortunately, I got a job at BAE Systems mm-hmm. as a project engineer. And so I'm like, what the heck is a project engineer? I don't care. I'll take it. And so uh, what happened was at the time we were supporting DOD. And DOD started, so as a project engineer, number one, as a project engineer, basically what I was doing was I was just providing support to multiple projects that mm-hmm. were going on. And so um, one of the projects was, was information assurance team. Mm-hmm. And this is the kicker, though, is that at the time, DOD was required that anybody who was doing anything with information assurance had to have a certain level of a cert. Mm-hmm. You can Google it. It's like 8570 is the policy and stuff like that. And it tells you all the different tiers of a, um, of a cert you need to have in order to do certain level work. But the thing is, though, none of the people who were doing information assurance couldn't get any of the cert. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on here? So I'm like, you know what? Forget it. It's an opportunity. So I started studying, got the security plus. People who was doing the work couldn't get it. So they were getting cut off the contract. So as they were getting cut off the contract, opportunities started opening up. So one of the guys who was like the main information assurance guy um, for our division, I just went to his office and I was like, hey, you know, um, I'm really interested in really getting into cybersecurity information assurance. I don't mind moonlighting. I don't mind continue doing the work that I'm, I'm doing right here and providing, you know, support on the back end, you don't even have to bill me or anything like that. Right, right, I just, right. Like, I just really want to get experience. Yeah, you just want that work, yeah. Yeah, so he was like, great. And so he was like, but we're not even going to do that. I'm going to get you, just because you came and I see the passion in you, I want you on my team. Mm-hmm. So after that, I saw just hardcore information assurance, hardcore mm-hmm. cybersecurity. And so um, we were all doing weapon systems, so like submarine weapon systems nice, and stuff yeah. like that. So I was able to work with like Lockheed, Norfolk Grumman, um, John Hopkins, you know, like mm. pretty much all the heavy, big contracting, Boeing, all of them, just working with them on assessing and reviewing all this uh, security documentation to make sure that they all integrate together and, and it worked out. And then ever since then, I've just really been, that's all I've been doing hardcore is just cybersecurity. Man, yo, that's crazy, man, because what interests me, and I'm pretty sure all the people out there that's listening, is that you don't really have to start off with a certain field right you, you know i mean most of the time people out there they're they're in one field and they start to another and then they never know how other fields intertwine because mm-hmm. as you'll see like as we talk more i mean cybersecurity intertwines with data science in general and things like that you know but before then you was already somebody that was interested in something that wasn't even this big coin term right like right. data science right nobody was out there like oh data science is i'm gonna be data science nobody was doing that back then right you know, so now they're talking about that. They want to do it, you know, and if then, I mean, would, do you think that you would have actually gotten into it if somebody was like, man, you know, you ever heard of data scientists when you was doing AI stuff? Um, yeah, because, you know, one of the things that um, after I heard about data science and one of the things that or even before I heard about data science, one of the things that I was thinking about doing was. Um, what is it called? Oh, I'm drawing a blank, but it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty much like what um, a lot of uh, insurance companies use when they take all this data and they try to figure out um, how do you determine your, your rates based off mm-hmm. where you live, your age and stuff like that. 
it's the whole yeah, science. Yeah, basically the same thing. Yeah, that's actuary <laughs> science. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We science. talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Actuary yeah. science. So, you know, I was like, wow. But I mean, it takes a lot of work to get into actuary science. There's not a lot of programs at the time um, when we were an undergrad that was really doing that. And so, but in, in hindsight, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've been doing something with um, the standard driven. Absolutely. That's the future. I mean, honestly. Man, that's cool, man. You know, so, so what do you think as far as like, as far as, you know, your current field? and being able to take data. Do y'all collect a lot of data currently where you're at? Um, we don't, uh -huh. but we should. Yeah. We don't, but we should. And the reason why is because I work for a federal agency and, and, and honestly, the, um, except for like your big, big, your NSAs, your, your DISAs, and maybe even like um, the DHS, the uh, mm -hmm. Department of Homeland Security, a lot, most federal agencies are just really slow behind the curve. Right, right. And so, right. like, even things like getting to continuous monitoring, which mm -hmm. I, I have no problem diving a little bit more into, is is that I like to call cybersecurity right now and information sharing. I like to call it a reactive science. Mm. Always, always reacting. Always reacting. Yeah, always yeah, reacting. You, yeah. you, you just breathe. Instead of oh, being proactive, you mean reactive. Yeah, exactly. 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 Mm -hmm. So you look like at Sony, Target, um, yeah. a lot of your banks and stuff like that. You see. Um, it hits the Washington Post, they're yeah. going for Congress and stuff like that because something happened, yeah. they got breached. You know, yeah. a million accounts got hacked, you know, and right, it's just right. like everybody's now trying to figure out what the heck went wrong. Right. So they don't fall into that same suit. And so it's, a lot of times it's not even what went wrong per se because there's always going to be vulnerabilities. I don't care right. what you do, how secure you think you are, you're always going to be vulnerable. If you have users, your systems are always going to be vulnerable, which is right. great. I'm always going to have a job. Yeah, but, exactly. It's yeah, always going to be a job for security. You, right. <laughs> unless you want to have a computer that doesn't connect to the internet mm -hmm. or you have an application that nobody, a web application that nobody can get to, there's right. going to be vulnerabilities to it. It's, right. just, it's just the nature of the trade. And so technology is constantly changing, new operating systems, application updates. And each one of those, everyone's rushing to beat the competitor mm -hmm. that they're like, oh, we're past that on the back end. And now you have all these zero days. And, okay, and zero days are pretty much when a vulnerability comes out and the vendor themselves have not developed a patch yet. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it, there's other bug, um, bug hunters, bounty hunters and stuff like that who find these. Companies pay people thousands of dollars to find bugs in their, their software mm. so that they can find it first right. before somebody who's malicious does it. So, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole like, yeah. people have a career out of just finding bugs. And so... Yeah. Um, but it's just it's just the hamster in the wheel. It's just like everyone just keeps going like this, like this, like this, and right. trying to beat the beat the competitors. But also, security is always going to be on the the back end because security doesn't make money. It saves you money if yeah. you if you get if you don't. I'm gonna get tell free, you one thing. I I hate part, I hate security. Honestly, sorry, but I hate it mainly because I feel like. They're holding me back from greatness, you know. I'm trying yeah. to do something out there. They're just always trying to put, yeah. up, put up this, you like, do this. this barrier. Before. They're like, oh, yeah, you didn't do this. I got all of this. Oh, no, you got this hole here. I'm like, what? You know, so it's always these different areas and stuff, man. But, but the system works. Exactly. System works, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And one yeah. thing that's, uh, that's interesting, though, is that you kind of brought to my attention is that, you know, there is a need for collecting data and building data science in the yeah. government and in cybersecurity mm -hmm. in general yeah. in the government because in corporate right they're doing that right they're like hey mm -hmm. they're, they're already ahead of the curve you know they're all they're always doing that 
but now in the in the government side they're kind of behind the curve and Mm -hmm. and a lot of time and i i preached that one time during one of my interviews man i was like you know that that data science needs to be something that is in the forefront of like the government Mm -hmm. mindset you know and it's not right and so you know they they, they're bringing in products Mm -hmm. like like sim products and stuff right which i don't know if y'all know that security information and management they're bringing those products in Mm -hmm. which one may be splunk they got mcafee products and do that stuff they do all that scanning and all that Mm -hmm. stuff like that you know but uh and and what that does is like bring some of those real-time like event management uh things that are in there so if i'm on my phone right for all your end users if I'm on my phone i got events that's saying unauthorized user logged in or authorized user logged. like it's capturing all that and stuff and mm-hmm. doing and and the idea is that we're capturing it but are we doing analytics are we collecting enough of the data to be able to say well now we know we can predict these threats you know, in the mm-hmm. future and stuff, you know, I can be ahead of the game, you know, but the corporate right. doing it, right? You know, so are you seeing anybody implementing like analytics from a, a, a compliance or mm-hmm. government, a governance or like a SIM standpoint or something like that, you know? Oh, no, um, we're not. We're, we're, I think and we're far from that, Bobby, to be honest with you, yeah. we're far from that. I think a lot of organizations are still struggling with just endpoint security, period. Mm. let alone what do you do with the information once you have it and so um i do think that there's a vision for it mm-hmm. um how close are we to it so they I'm talk about it a lot i'm sure yeah, that you probably hear it at least once a week you're probably like yeah your your leads and stuff man everybody's out they're probably like ai you know machine yeah, learning right. and things like that you know yeah. but they're far from it like you said man and you know as far as governance though, right, to being able to like help improve the data quality and integrity and stuff, right? Right. I think that that's something major because a lot of you all, right, I mean, I don't know, maybe you could talk a little bit about like kind of a day-to-day task without getting too deep into it, you know, yeah. but but if you're looking at, if you have to make a decision, you have like these policies that you have to make a decision on, or you have, uh, you have this threat in your environment you have to make a decision on, whatever it is, you know, you're not using, probably data science tools or analytics tools, right? You know, you're probably using like just your own uh, thoughts based on, or your own, you're, you're, you're putting all the confidence and stuff in a, in a human, right? You know, yeah, and, and so go ahead. Yeah, talk about that. No, I was gonna say, it, it's very qualitative analysis that's done, mm-hmm. it's, especially with security, especially with security. Um, you mentioned a lot about like commercial, and I think the, the biggest difference is, is a lot of times it's, it's the mission. It's the mission of the organization that really dictates that. So if you look at a lot of commercial, look at your big, your uh, your big hitters like um, your Apple's, your Google's, your Microsoft, your or your like your e-commerce. You know, mm-hmm. um, that that's it's it's more critical. Honestly, it's more critical because they're dealing with a lot more of the everyday citizens, PII. Right, right. You right. know, I mentioned like Sony in the very beginning. You know, this is people. You know, you're now you like how many people have a credit card tied to the federal government? It's not a lot. I mean, ah, uh, right, true. Not, yeah. People don't buy anything from the federal government. You know, unless you're a federal employee, you have a government credit card. But right. you know, it's a I different mission, say, right? It's yeah, a it's different, different mission. mission. Mm-hmm. And so now, like, and a lot of times, um, the federal government, their mission is so unique. Is like you really don't have a choice. Who else are you going to file your um your taxes with other than IRS? Right. There's right. no competition for it, honestly. No it's like, okay, the IRS gets hacked. 
oh, we're embarrassed. Congress is going to be pissed off. Yes, but who else are you going to file your, uh, your taxes with? Right. You're not, not going to file your taxes. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, we got breached. OPM. OPM got breached. Yeah. Yeah. What else are you going to do? You still, if you want a job with the federal government, you're still going to go to USA Jobs. You're still going to get, you know, your, your, your PII, you're going to go with OPM. Well, they're supposed to get rid of OPM, but that's a different story. <laughs> oh, but yeah, like, we talk about that later. I didn't even know yeah, that. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that's what, that, well, that's what they've been saying. They say that OPM uh, is supposed to be going away, but how true that is, I don't know. But mm. it's just said that you really don't have a choice. You have a choice, like, if your bank gets hacked, okay, I'm going to leave um, Bank of America and I'm going to go to Wells Fargo. You can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, Sony gets hacked. I'm not going to play PlayStation anymore. I'm just going to buy Xbox. You know, or vice versa. You know, you have all these other options. So the competitive differences are that you have to worry about your competitors. So and those entities know that we can't mess up because our customers are going to go somewhere. Amazon gets hacked. We're going to stop. Everybody's going to go back to eBay. You know what I mean? Oh, or right, people right. are going to go to Target or Walmart. We're going to stop ordering from Amazon. Right, right. Very short lived. But <laughs> they have, I mean, I mean, People have like a short memory, honestly. A hack happens, you know, they pay, the company pays the millions and billions of dollars to clean it all up and people go right back to what they're going. I mean, look at Corona, people still going outside. So, right, right, (laughs) right, right. You know, we just, we have a very short term memory when it comes to people as a whole. So, um, but as far as data and the federal government, we absolutely are using it, but we're not using so much from a predictive Mm. standpoint, but we're, we're looking at it more of, okay, this is how we look right now. What did we do? And so, like, I was talking so you're about still that being reactive. Yeah, absolutely. You're yeah, yeah. We're, we're not going to okay. stop being reactive. I, I don't, and I think even with data, you're still going to be using old data to create or predict what's going on. Mm-hmm. Look at the weather. They're looking at old weather trends to predict what the weather's going to be. That's in, how in you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Data, I mean, it depends. It's never, like I said, that, you, you're never going to stop using old data. It's now how do you use it? And I think that's what you're talking about. Like, yeah. You're going to use old data to help you predict. I don't think necessarily the federal government or a lot of entities really, like there are some sim products that are doing it. Um, ironically, somebody hit me on um, LinkedIn today and they were talking about um, recorded future. You ever heard of this? Oh, no. Nah. What's that about? Recorded future. So, I mean, if you, look, <laughs> if, you, just, if you break the name up, it kind of makes sense. It, right. You know, so record it. So that's something that's happened in the past that you recorded. And now you're right. using that to try to predict what's going to happen in mm. the future. And so, you know, you start developing things like algorithms and you start right. thinking about, um, you learn from attacks. So we were talking about like um, hackers and stuff like that. So right. most hackers have a methodology that they do with, right. in order to, to do a hack. One of the first things that you have to do as any hacker is you have to collect data. You have to understand your target. You can't just go in, you know, what you see on TV, um, where people just at a computer and they're just hacking. And right, stuff right, right, right. You, know, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it's, it's you gotta do some recon. You gotta yeah, do some recon on it. You gotta figure out, yeah. you know, that person. You gotta figure out a little Everything. bit more information. You have to fingerprint, you know, yeah. you gotta figure out what what operating system that they're, they're running, what applications mm-hmm. are on there, what um, network devices that they are, what type of firewall and things like that. And you, you probe at it and you probe at it. And that's where the data comes in that you're collecting and what I don't think a lot of people use until it's, they've been hacked. Then they're mm-hmm. looking like, oh, okay, this is what this person was doing or these individuals were doing to hack us. But as they're going on, you might have your IDS data drop the packets and stuff like right, that. Right. And you might go back and review it. But, the thing is, though, everyone's understaffed. 
So until right. something actually happens, really, you're not going to have a lot of people who are spending that much time analyzing it. You're like, right. oh, our IDF caught it. We're good. You know, instead of looking right. at, yeah, they caught it. But how long did it take for them to catch it? Right. What so was you bring up a good point, though, because you talk about IDS, right, which everybody, if y'all want to know, that's intrusion detection system. So we're detecting it. And, and if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Charles, is that more of a, that's more of a reactive type of thing, yeah. right? You know, but then you got intrusion prevention systems, right? You got mm -hmm. the IPS, right? And so if I'm yeah. thinking that, I'm actually trying to prevent you, which means that I have data that I'm using from the right. past, which means I'm already ahead of the game, right? Yeah. And so do you all use any of those? Is that something well, that's... We, that's we use it. A lot of them are like, a lot of them are baked in together. And so mm. this, it goes back into what your mission is because like part of um, having an IDS, PS, or IPS, whichever one you want to call it, because a lot of times they combine the two technologies together, is that sometimes, let's think about the CIA, the triad, you know, you have mm -hmm. your confidentiality, you have your integrity, you have the, your availability. Mm -hmm. So what is stopping me from a competitor knowing that, hey, you have uh, an IPS, mm -hmm. that I keep throwing things at it knowing that your network is going to react and it's just going to, it's going to go into a fail-safe mode. Mm. And that fail safe mode means, hey guys, I'm not gonna let any traffic in. Mm. And so we either we dump all these empty packets or whatever. Now I brought down your, I mean, this, this is redundancy, but a lot of, I mean, a lot of your big hitters, they of course have redundancy, but redundancy, but your mom and pop shops, your small businesses, they probably don't have those things. Uh, right, um, right. And so unless you're leveraging uh, somebody else's network like AWS, which is very right. possible, but um, a lot of people. Are, I don't think a lot of people are hosting their own websites anymore. So yeah, that's just really so. stupid now. Um, <laughs> it's so cheap. But um, I mean, unless you want to like learn, like if you're learning, absolutely mm. host your own website. But honestly, if you're not trying to learn, let somebody else host your own website. You know, right. let them worry about redundancy and protection and stuff like that. But um, what happens is that's the down service now. Like, mm. what can I do to bring your network down? I don't necessarily need to get to your information, but I just need to let your, let your system not be available for five minutes. Mm. So they care Imagine more about that sometimes because they're going to just impact your environment yeah. way more by like, I mean, they might, so you got some of them out there just saying, Hey, I want to steal your data. Right. Then you got some of them out there saying, I just want to bring you down. I just yeah. don't care. And you just lose billions of dollars real quick, exactly. uh, you know, instantly and stuff. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. embarrassment. A lot of times it's just uh. a lot of, a lot of hackers just, they just, they hack the clout, you know, they, they just want to say that they did it. Right, right. So are you, you know all I mean? taking, so data, data science, right, it can involve about five different parts, right? So you got the math and statistics stuff, which you don't really see. People like you and I, we're not going to dive that deep into the yeah, algorithm yeah. stuff, right? You got those people who specialize in that. Then you got people who talk about AI, right? You got the machine learning, you got uh, supervised, unsupervised, uh, 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 unsupervised learning, you got these type of mechanisms. But then you also have something where I think you all will benefit the most from is more of the data visualization piece, right? Mm -hmm. Which means like you're getting the, just to put in a uh, uh, simplistic form, mm -hmm. like, like charts and graphs, right? Yeah. You know? So you all yeah. are getting, yeah, it's like you're getting these mm -hmm. dashboards and now that you're able to look at this dashboard and make a decision to say, dang, based off of this, I know that maybe this attack may happen or based off of this, I know that maybe we're getting insider threat, something or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, or even looking at like uh, anything that can help you make some better decisions, right? Governance, you know, compliance and mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know, and, and implementing, like, are they even looking at implementing 
I guess my I got two questions. You know, one of them is, mm-hmm. are they looking at implementing government governance and like data science roles or data science security roles in mm-hmm. a security field in the government per se, you yeah. know, first? And then are they doing it in a commercial? Do you do you see any of that? So I have seen and um I have seen them the federal government has required that federal agencies now have to have a chief data officer. Oh. Yeah. So I remember, oh, yeah. So I think I hey, you, you sent you sent me yeah, yeah, yeah you sent me something. So like, they yeah. do have that, but I think right now it's more about data retention and um making sure that um the federal government is keeping records keeping good records, mm. which is a good thing. I mean, honestly, right. but it's really for, hey, you got to keep this document for seven years or whatever, whatever. Right. I think the, the, the goal is to absolutely move towards um, using that information to better make better decisions in the future. Right. And so one of the things you were talking about as far as like taking all these data, um, data points from different sources. So one of the things that um, DHS has, and we are using GRC, so gov- um, governance risk and compliance, Mm-hmm. software which ties all these things together in order to help make um allow um your 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 c executive level um people be able to ha- uh, be able to make better business decisions mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. um with uh with um grc how it works is is that um you understand what your policies are your policies pretty much govern you know what things you have to have in place um, a lot of your uh, security controls are built upon making sure that you're adhering to um, those policies. Mm-hmm. And wh- as you do that, that's how you, you remain in compliance. So they kind of oh, go, right. c- compliance and governance kind of go hand in hand. It's just right, one right. is high level and one is really like in, in the weeds. And so, uh, and then what, all that, that's how you start to manage your risk better. Mm. And so um, DHS has this thing called AWARE. I don't know what the hell it stands for, but pretty much it's how they score your environment. And each system can have sensors on it or agents on it. And based off of things like um, your scan results, um, your patch level, um, you can even add an extra variable to it based off of how value that the asset is or that application is to your agency. So if you, um, they require you to have what they determine what are called high value assets. And these mm-hmm. are systems that are, um, really critical for your your organization to continue their mission so you put extra emphasis on them you 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 assess them with a little bit more granularity a little bit more um frequently so we were talking about what do you do with audit logs so like you have these audit logs mm-hmm. what are you doing with them like are you right. just waiting for something to happen or do you have people who are going and actually analyze them when everything's peachy right 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 that's where that's where it's juicy at right there where everything's peachy and you're able to see oh what's normal behavior right and that's and a role that a data scientist can play in something like that right like yeah. a, they can a see data trends yeah, right absolutely. right right pick patterns so, yeah, and, and we, stuff like that yeah so we, we we look at trends but it's more so like okay are things going up and down like oh we just had a um we just did a, a tech refresh or something like that okay so we should see a spike and mm-hmm. vulnerabilities because we just oh we just applied this new patch or we haven't applied this technology, just applied this new technology or we just applied patch wednesday or something like that our, our vulnerability should go down now if we're right. not saying that there's something's going wrong either we're not applying the patches um when we're supposed to we're behind on patching or, or the patches that we're applying aren't satisfying the muster they're not meeting the muster and so you look at those trends and you 
kind of know, like, looking up, okay, past Tuesday's coming up. We know that, you know, we're either going to, no, okay, past Tuesday coming up, but we also know that our vendor who does the scans for us, saying you messes or whatever, um, they update their, their, their definitions quarterly. I, I'm just throwing out right, right, things right. like that. And so when, when they do that, you know that it's going to be some inconsistencies. But then when mm-hmm. they update their patching or they update their, their definitions, all of a sudden now you might see a spike because there's new things that just came out that, now, that, that you weren't scanning for before. Right, and right. so those are things that you have to take in consideration when you're, when you're breaching your, your, your leadership and letting them know, hey, um, the window of which we just did a tech refresh and the window in which we did um, the new patches, I mean, the new definitions for the scans, you know, virus mm-hmm. scans come, I mean, viruses are created all the time. You can go online right now, Bobby, and download a software and it will show you how to create um, viruses. And oh. then there's other technology. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is about what all these, all these, all these tools, the tools were actually, they were meant to be more offensive or, uh, excuse me, they were, more, they were meant to be more defensive. It was meant for your, your system admins, your, your network engineers, your security people to be able to go in and throw things at their own environment so that their environment is secure. Look at things like NMAP. NMAP is absolutely supposed to be an admin's tool. Right, um, right, right. It's supposed to be an admin's tool so they can be able to ping everything under the network, find out what's on the network, what's not on the network, and things of that nature. But in the wrong hands, it now becomes like one of the major defensive, I mean, one of the major offensive tools that your, your hackers use right. when they start to do their, their assessment. I mean, what it is their, is that they, their uh, they're, they're actually collecting data on you. So they can, they can use that to collect the data and things like that, you know, for sure. Yeah. And so that's, that's yeah. very interesting, man, because, you know, like, like there's so many people out there, like, like the offensive versus defensive, when you were talking about that and stuff, right? Like, like you got offensive people who probably use data to make better decisions on how they can attack you, right? You know, yeah, and then you got the defensive yeah. people who is making making decisions um, based off of the data they're using because they and actually the uh, the people who have the advantage right are the offensive people, right? It's just like a wide receiver if you want to get in the football, right? I like using football because yeah. it's like you know a strategy of like life or something. I feel like you would but, do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> But when you look at it, no, that's Not true great. though. But yeah. when you look at it, you got the receiver no, no. versus the cornerback. The mm-hmm. receiver always has the advantage. Has the they advantage. know the route yeah. that they're going to take and yeah. all that stuff, right? But you got the defensive yeah. player who's guarding them. He doesn't have. He doesn't know what he's going to do. You know what yeah. I'm saying at all. So that's what you see in data with with uh, with cybersecurity. And then mm-hmm. uh, and it seems like the way for the way I look at it. I mean, you just gave me this this thought process, right? Like I'm looking at it. Okay, the offensive person and cybersecurity, right? They know what they're going to do. They know how they're going to attack. They know how they're going to get better at it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to know how they're going to kill the enemy. But then the, mm-hmm. the defensive person, right? They need data to be able to say, mm-hmm. how can I get a step ahead of what I am already? Because right. they're already behind yeah. the offensive person, right? They're trying mm-hmm. to figure out how can I get like in front of the offensive person. They'll never be able yeah. to get in front of them, it seems like. It seems like they'll never be able to get. I mean, what's you, your thought? You won't. Yeah. <laughs> you, you won't. You won't because um, the reason why you won't. And, and the thing is, honestly, like hackers only got to be right one time. Mm-hmm. They only got to get. They only got to exploit one vulnerability. You know what I mean? But 
defense, you got to be like aware of all your vulnerabilities. I only got as a hacker, I only got to hack one vulnerability to be mm, That's all right, I need. Right. And so, but um, what I was going to say is is that it's you have to. I lost my train of thought. But so, like, you ha- you have to mm-hmm. use all all this information that you get to um to. I, I guess the better help you make the best business decision. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, with 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 hacking, it's or with trying to be predictive. I think that's where we really want to go. Right, so how do right. you become more proactive? And I don't know. I honestly, I honestly don't know. I know it's out there. I, I mean, they they do it like like personnel security. You know, like before they learn that hey. These are the characteristics that you look out for when you're when you decide whether or not somebody can get a clearance. Like mm-hmm. it seems like okay, a person's going through divorce, a person is um, default on a mortgage, or you know they're having mm-hmm. money problems. You know these are all the kind of characteristics that they've learned over the course of time based off of people who've done crime. You know what I mean? Right, they look at right. these characteristics, notice like okay, we've noticed this trend that you know 50% of the people who who have pulled a John Snowden, honestly, mm-hmm. were, you know, they were, they were dealing with some kind of financial problems. They were going right. through a bad divorce and stuff like that, and they were desperate for cash, and somebody exploited that. Right. And then they noticed things that, like, oh, a lot of the, the breaches happened from people, internal people, not doing what they were supposed to be doing. Right now, right. phishing is, like, huge. Our agency, every agency that I work for has started doing, like, massive, um and what's like the fishing right what's the fishing thing going on what do you what so, do you mean so, by that? so what, what what fishing is pretty much what they're doing is they're sending out emails mm-hmm. trying to see they're sending, they're sending emails as though they come from outside the network and they're trying to see who is clicking on these uh clicking on the link right it could be right. anything like oh you know what everybody's been done a great job on um, the agency is going to give everybody a hundred dollar gift card mm-hmm yeah everybody's clicking everybody's clicking and stuff like right. click on that link and it's just like oh you weren't a winner so you've been getting oh i just wasn't learning and you go about your business all of a sudden now what you fail to realize is now you got right. some malware that's uh been got him got him agencies are doing a lot of more of um those fishing campaigns to get people more in tune to those things because you're, you're your defense is only your your defense is only strong as your weakest link, mm. and people are the weakest link. People are the yeah. weakest link. I mean, it's just people. So maybe they gotta find a way. People get tired. They're gonna have to find a way to incorporate. I mean, I think I always say, man, data science, man, or or data is the way to solve world problems. Yeah. You know, and I look at it like, for what you're saying, if I could, I might not be able to think like a human all the way mm-hmm. right but i will be able to do it based off of the data that i'm collecting mm-hmm. and i can kind of get ahead of some of those attacks right you know like yeah. you, you collect all the phishing attack attempts that they have conducted in this world right now mm-hmm. you keep collecting that data say you got one at your organization if you keep collecting that over time you know keywords you know links and things like that you, yeah. know, you keep collecting it and then you're able to say you put it into a system some algorithmic system that a data scientist created, whatever it is, they can mm-hmm. now say, Dag, you know what? If this comes along, 
I know it's an attack. I know it's an attack. Right. Uh, it, it'll tell you. It'll tell you me. Or shoot, they'll block it. You don't even have to get to the. I mean, that's spam, you know? essentially, but not as smart. You're absolutely right. right. It's spam. Right. But spam will also collect things that shouldn't be collected. Also. Right. 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 You're absolutely right. But I guess the question is, and maybe this is a question for you, is mm-hmm. how do you do that though? Like, how do you predict something where people are so? It's so arbitrary. I mean, honestly, so chaotic, like, right? Yeah, it's it's, yeah. Chaotic, it's absolutely. It's a lot of noise. It's a lot of noise. Like, how do you predict that? Oh, Bobby's going to wake up today and like f the world. I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying to clear everybody's food alone today. Yeah. Well, you can't. Be right. <laughs> the the thing is, the most chaotic stuff, right? The lottery tickets, right? Tornadoes and stuff like that. Those are the hardest mm-hmm. things to kind of predict. But what you want to do is just, I just say try. You know, like mm-hmm. you, you can get as close as you can, right, to trying, right? And you might be able to get those close numbers, right? Over time, you think about Watson, right? I be in Watson and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. It's, what it's essentially doing is grabbing all the information from the internet all the time, right? right? But it'll never be able to do what the human will be able to do to essentially like all the way through, you right? Know? And so the that's the chaos part, right? The chaos part mm-hmm. is in human intervention that's in there mm-hmm. where you can't control whether this person wakes up today and say I'm mad or whether this person wakes today up today right. and say I'm angry right. or I'm sad or hey I don't even want to attack today you know I'm going to or I want to try a new method because I'm feeling this way or my brother gave me this advice so I'm going to go do mm-hmm. that you know? so you can't just you can't account for those things what you can do is collect the data based off of that over time and then you'll be able to fill mm-hmm. in more of those gaps you know but every scenario in the world right. man, 20 years from now another human being will will do something totally different from totally what different, somebody yeah. did, you know. And so you won't be able to do right. that, man. But, you know, um uh, you know, just to kind of get towards the end of this conversation, man, you know, I mean you said Are you finished uh, with me? No, nah, I mean I ain't finished with no, you. <laughs> but you said <laughs> but you said so much light on, you know, security mm-hmm. and general cybersecurity and how like how 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 it's being used, you know, from a data standpoint, how it's being mm-hmm. used in the security industry in, in general, and how a lot of people are constantly trying to find like some of the flaws, right? Because that's that's key, right? Some of the flaws and then a lot of mm-hmm. data scientists out there that are listening or people in general that are listening, they can they can see if I'm if I'm a data scientist, I can see, well dang, how can I help mm-hmm. the government more? Right. You know, how can I help these industries right. more fill in the gaps from a security standpoint with my skill set as a data scientist? And then also from a regular person, right, regular end user, a person saying, Dag, you know, let me be a little bit more aware of some of these things, right? right? Because you got the phishing stuff, man. So like data privacy is important, uh, mm-hmm. security, governance, right, compliance. Uh, those are some of the major concerns, especially with all these government like regulations out there, right? right. You know, you got the NIST regulation, you got, mm-hmm. you got, uh, which is, what's the oh, NIST? Yeah. National, National Information. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? Those type of regulations that's out there, man, it's like constantly coming and coming, but that doesn't really stop the cyber threats, right, right that are out there, right? It just helps you better prepare for those risks and stuff, man. And so, you know, I, I definitely think that that's something that, uh, you know, like like you talking about, like being able to protect against those things, you know, breaches mm-hmm. and leaks and things like that, man, that's important, man, you know? Yeah. So, I, 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 oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, but also I think one of the, key things that is going to be contingent on, honestly, Bobby, is that people are going to have to be, organizations are going to have to be more transparent with their dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. If people aren't sharing those things, then you really can't learn until, you're, you're, until your organization is impacted. 
Mm. You know what I mean? And it shouldn't necessarily take, oh, you know, the media or, you know, some OIG audit or something, you know, something like that right, right, for, right. for those things to happen. So it would be great, you know, it would be great if people could have a third party who's able to hey, say, hey, we're going to keep all this anonymous. Mm. Like the actual breaches, well, the breaches are going to be public, but the who's right. impacted, who mm-hmm. was impacted by those breaches, nobody will ever know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, but we're going to aggregate this information, you know, compile it, you know, normalize it. And so that way um, other entities can go in and extrapolate a file and be like, okay, this is what things that are, are happening right now, right now, you know, um, that people are our size, our complexity, or just period that are dealing with these type of breaches. Uh, I, I keep using Sony because Sony's just at the top of my mind. Imagine right. like Sony got breached, but it's like, okay, or almost got breached. Let's talk about that. They almost got breached. This mm-hmm. is what happened. If that same person had tried to hit another organization, they might have been successful, but the fact is they, oh, Sony shared, hey, somebody tried to hit us and they were doing this and this and another. Look out for this attack mm, right, right now. Right, right, and so right. one of the things I was saying uh, um, before was like, I was talking about how there's applications out here where people, you right, know, your right, script right. can go in and create um, malicious um, payloads. But they also, one that I didn't add is that they're able to feed this payload into another system. And the system would tell you how good the malicious code is. Basically showing, telling you exactly all of your um, virus protection system packages. It would tell you which packet, which, which of those um, virus protection, your Nortons and things of that nature, it would tell you which ones wouldn't pick it up. Mm-hmm. You know, so now it's telling you, okay, out of the hundred virus protections out there, only fifty percent would have noticed this um this um vulnerability. No, you're right, man. That's, that's scary. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's scary. You're that right. is real scary, man. You get fifty percent. I mean, that's success. I mean, it is. It's success. So. Yeah, because what you think now? What you think they're getting now? About twenty? Not even that. Maybe like uh, I mean, you think they're getting le- way less percent than that? I mean, as as anything. Anything more than zero is a lot. Okay. They think it like the zero. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, but you're, you're not because it just takes time for you know. We talked about definitions and like, oh, this virus came out. Now we added to the de- definition. Then I mean, added to our dictionary, for lack of better words. But then mm. you also have to start thinking about like characteristics of viruses, and that that's where the breadth is. Like, if you just look at how firewalls themselves, I know I'm probably um, running over your time, Bobby, but anyway. No, no, it's cool, good. good. If, you, if you look at the transition of firewalls by themselves, you know, you've gone from just using normal um, access control lists where, okay, this IP address has been approved. You said that this port's open, we're expecting that. And then you start getting to things like um, stateful, packet stateful. So that basically now right. is your teardrops and your, oh, um, mm-hmm. I see this packet that came in. I keep on seeing these packets come in, but all of a sudden, I don't see no packets coming back. Or right. I see a packet that's saying that you requested something, but we didn't re- ever receive that original request. And so now you get those type of firewalls that are able to, they're a little bit more, a little bit more intelligent where they're able to look at the, the state of what's being sent. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to break it down, uh, break it down a little bit. AI type of so. thing. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it, it's, it's definitely not as smart as AI. It's really, right, right. it's really <laughs> like, hey, 
I think the best example to give, a best analogy to give is like, oh, you receive an email with somebody saying that, oh, your package has been delivered. You're like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't receive that. I didn't make a that purchase. happened to me before. Oh, I yeah, make I didn't a make a purchase. Oh man, okay. I didn't okay. make a purchase. Uh-huh. And so why am I getting the packet? And so that's what happened. So that's what the staple um, mm-hmm. firewall does. It's like, why am I getting this this request as oh I oh well it's getting a response. Excuse me. Why am I getting this response? But I didn't. Uh, there was no request that came out of our agency mm-hmm. or out of our our environment. And so right. a lot of people don't think about that. Everybody thinks about traffic coming in and 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 but there's also a lot of entities that are using federal government, using organizations because it's so many endpoints as zombies. People mm-hmm. don't think about that. So now what I'm going to do is I, I, I get, um, I impact your agency and now I use your agency and all your endpoints, thousand endpoints as zombies. And now you have all this traffic that's coming out of your network that looks legit because it's coming from the federal government right. or whatever. And now I'm using it to bring down another person's system. Right. So and people don't think about that. So you got uh-huh. also got to look at, you got to look at the, tra- you don't just look at the traffic that's being, that's coming into your agency, even though that's where all the all the gooey stuff is. But you also have to look at the information that or the packets that are being transferred out of your network. So you don't want your network to be used as somebody else's pawn. Right, right, right. It happens. So I was going to say, how can you like? What can that help you do if data science was involved with that? But I see trends. Like, which, yeah, trends and stuff trends. over time and stuff, man. And that and that that seems like that's the key. Mm-hmm. With cybersecurity and security in general, right? You know, I mean, everybody can make better decisions. I mean, that's any business, right? But but mm-hmm. with cybersecurity in general, being able to look at the trends because you all are collecting a lot of data. And what I see, honestly, is the decisions that you all are making, that you can actually make decisions now with something that where you're saying, I got some grounding behind it, you know, mm-hmm. because I actually, like, not it's only can I make the decision, I can say, hey, here, here's the facts. Right. Yeah. You know, I've collected this over time, all this data, and it's showing this because a lot of time it's like, hey, I'm making a lot of companies, a lot of organizations, you know, I'm showing security, you know, based off of theory. Right. You know, instead of mm-hmm. like saying, well, hey, let me let me look at all this stuff that I'm seeing. But you all mm-hmm. do it better than 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 others. But still, it could it could it could add some more validity behind everything. And I it could actually add some more like 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 support behind the decision that you all make, right? If you decide to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to implement this risk management plan. I'm going to mm-hmm. shut down the system right now, you know, but you know why, because you know that this specific attack happened because of the data yeah. that I've collected over time. It's happened right yeah. here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I know this. And is it, happened. Attack, right? well, it should happen. It, 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 in theory, it should happen, but again, it goes to how many people are really going to shut down something that impacts the mission. But what it does do now is, hey, okay, we won't shut it down, but we're going to look at it a lot closer now. But we're going to look at it more than we were before. So, I mean, again, that's what, that's where the governance comes in though. Like, you know, you make those business decisions for the sake of the organization where, all right, we can't stop doing business. We need this system to do business, but at the same time, um, we're not going to, we're not going to turn a blind eye just because we know we need it. And so that's what happens is you start looking at it, you start uh, examining it more frequently. So you're looking at your audit laws, you're looking at it, more often you're getting those feeds sent to the sim and you having to analyze more you're 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 looking at what things you're looking at what things could potentially be considered um incident that's all it's about like identifying what those incidents are and maybe sometimes what you got to do is be you got to turn up your sensitivity so that way maybe something is not necessarily incident 
but it looked mm-hmm. like it could become an incident. We now make right. that an incident. And so that's what happens. You just start, you know, you start fine tuning those tools to become more sensitive, but at the same time, they're not necessarily becoming false positive. Mm-hmm. And now it's so many false positives and so much, I go back to the whole noise thing wherein you can't see what you're really looking for because now you made your thing so sensitive and mm-hmm. you're picking up everything. And now the real bad stuff is sneaking in with the stuff that shouldn't have been picked up in the first place. Right, right, man. Man, that's dope, man. You know, that's dope, man. You know, man, security is it, man. You know, and I'm go ahead and slow this down because we can talk for hours, man. We rap yeah, a we lot. Could, man. We that's could, how we, we roll, could. man, and stuff, man. You'll get Sorry, a couple other people in here. That's how we roll, man. We just yeah. talk, man. Once we get into it, we're, we're it's over, you know. It's but, over. But just to close it out, man, you know, Charles, I really appreciate it, man, you know, for being on here again. Um, I always talk about how security is um, is very important and vital to an organization, you know, but I like mm-hmm. to always, as you all know, I've been getting into data science. And so tying those two together, man, you know, me and Charles, we've talked about security, man, a lot of times, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of times our conversation is around security. Shoot, I, when I went and got my master's in cybersecurity, I pinged on Charles for all the good news, man, all the good juicy stuff, you know, how to do this, how to do that and stuff. And so he's definitely been able to help me out through that throughout that path man mm-hmm. and again you know cybersecurity and data science man that's that's definitely something that's coming around yeah they're like already yeah there, you know, you know yeah. The door and you got network traffic business applications cloud mm-hmm. traffic external threat internal threats you know you name it and stuff yeah. man you know so uh thanks again charles man and again no problem like i always like to leave with uh, dope data man and and i'll just leave with this man you know uh Everyone and every company uses data to make better decisions. And uh, as you can see, security is one of them. Um, you know, so thanks again, Charles, man. And thank you all for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. Uh, again, with your host, Dapper Data. Uh, please follow me at Mr. Dapper Data on IG or Twitter or Facebook. Uh, and Charles, man, you know, thanks for joining again, man, and providing no your, your expertise in the security field and how you use data science, man. And, uh, you know, do you, uh, do you, do you, do you want to just share, man, where they can reach you at and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I'm, I'm definitely on LinkedIn, Facebook. You can definitely follow me on Instagram as well at the last guru. That's B A L A S T G U R U. The last guru. All right, man. Thanks again, man. And again, I holler at no you problem, all. Brother. Peace, man. Talk to y'all later, man. My pleasure. Thanks. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion with your host, Dapper Data.